0: Welcome into Somewhat Mobile. When we drop data, it's not anecdotal. Talking the latest mobile trends we're the surges and scenes Yeah, this is an original series from Aptopia. Alright, welcome into Somewhat Mobile, an original series from Aptopia where we talk shop with the best in the game, some of the brightest people in mobile, in order to add transparency to the app ecosystem. I'm Adam Blacker, joined by my co-host Madeline Lenahan, and together we're responsible for all the content and data made publicly available from Aptopia.
1: Today, we're joined by the co-founder of Till Financial, Taylor Burton. Prior to Till, Taylor was at Drizzly, eBay, PayPal, to name a few. Till Financial creates smarter spenders through its collaborative family banking tools available on its iOS app, which launched back in November 2020. Taylor, we know launching an app is a huge deal. So what was your launch plan from a marketing perspective? And we got to know, why didn't you also launch an Android app at the same time?
2: Yeah, so a little bit to unpack there. November 2020. Uh, that that feels, feels like a long time ago. We actually launched a quarter ago officially, but we did put out what we consider beta back in November. You know, I, I think that you go through a lot of things when you're a, a small startup trying to find product market fit and also understand what the customer you're serving wants. One of the things that we did early on was just a ton of research. And what we essentially came back was with, with the, a majority of our customers were on iOS. So in order to really put our, you know, small resources at the time towards the best experience for those first customers, iOS was the way to go for us. There might have been a third question in there, but (laughs) let me know.
1: No, I think you covered that.
0: So Till Financial, am I correct in saying that you guys, this is a product for, for teenagers, is that correct?
2: Yeah, teens and families, right? And then the extended family and community that cares about those young people. You know, we built Till because you know we saw a gap in the marketplace and thought we had some applicable knowledge around uh, supporting the need. I think for far too long, parents have you know raised young people with poor financial skills, primarily because they lack the confidence in their own ability to handle finances themselves, right? I think most parents would say, you know, I really am focused on saving with my kid. Maybe you do a three jars program, maybe you set up some type of allowance program, but you're never really talking about what that kid actually costs uh, to keep alive, you know, and fed, housed, and closed, right? And I think that that kind of saving thesis has been one of the major problems that we've seen in family banking and teen banking to this point. So our approach, and, and you said it in the read, Madeline, was uh, it's a spending first approach, right? kids learn by doing. We know that across whether it's sports or school, you kind of name it. Um, So why not apply that to the way that they're introduced to their first banking experience too? So what does the spending first strategy mean? It means that, you know, you're not just giving your kids the allowance money that they get to make pepperoni or cheese type decisions off of, you're giving them, you know, money to pay for the Netflix bill, their own cell phone bills, you know, their lunch money, and you're putting it on a card where they're actually physically making the transactions instead of the kid, you know, going up to the register and having the bank of mom and dad meet them there.
0: Yeah. So from a a marketing perspective, who, like, where would you allocate most of your efforts? Are you targeting the parents because they think it's a good idea for their child? Or are you uh, targeting the children and, and trying to get them interested in this product and have them like, tell their parents? Is it a mix of both? Super interested about
2: that. Yeah. So I think that, you know, back when we first Started thinking about the idea in early 2019. We were very sold that this was a parent-first approach, right? Um, they were the ones with the dollars. They were the ones that were going to make the decisions, and that's the way that we really set out. And I think that you know, over time, you know, with parent interviews and our beta product, and then even rolling out into to the launch of our actual uh, commercially available product, we started to realize something, and and it's something that, that feels obvious now on the other side of it. But it turns out that kids are really good salespeople. <laughs> And when you, you start nagging your parents for something, eventually it's probably going to happen or some form of it's going to happen. So making sure that you've got a really good uh, kids approach on the messaging side is important. Kids are cheaper to acquire than parents, 13 plus kids uh, specifically to, to be within COPA regulations. But it's also important too, to have that value prop for the parent, right? So how are you different from the bank that they're banking at, whether it's a Chase, a Chime or a Current? And, and what value are you adding along the way? So it, it really is a mix of both. You know, we can get into some of the specifics around it, but that's the direct answer.
1: No, I think that's really smart and interesting. Like you said, I feel like kids are way more likely to be able to convince their parents to do something than you are to have a parent. Right. All all those like
0: commercials we probably used to watch on like Nickelodeon and then you go, Mom!
1: Exactly, exactly. You're for nothing. (laughs) And maybe there were a bunch of kids pressuring their parents back in May, because it looks like according to Aptopia data, downloads of the Apple app really started to pick up do you think you can attribute that to?
2: Yeah, so you're going to see an increase there primarily driven by paid acquisition for us. And it's acquisition both from a parent's perspective as well as a kid's perspective. I think prior to that in our launch, we'd been doing a lot of testing. You know, we're we're a venture-backed startup, you know, seed series, uh, so you can't just go out and and start firing from the hip as you guys know. So we really tested into the channels that we thought would work for us, you know, checking a lot of the kind of basic blocking and tackling areas and then starting to scale up when we saw success. And we've got a good understanding for, you know, what a what a funded family should cost, what types of customers we're going after, you know, whether it's from a demographic perspective. Or from uh, you know a socioeconomic perspective on top of the demo, and then you know really hammering it where we saw wins. Um, you've got to be prepared to back the dump truck up when you find channels of good.
0: Like what what's part of your process about going about that? Like uh, I was thinking, another app and and if you don't think they're similar to you then forgive me but i was looking at uh step because it in its name it has teen banking and uh they i think they've been around a little longer than you guys at this point i've seen them in the news and so do you do you like look at them and try to uh emulate or s- emulate anything that they've had in their success or stay away from any pitfalls you think they might have found into or do you think that you know your target audience and theirs maybe don't mesh
2: No, I I think we're going after a very similar target audience. Like, so just first and foremost, absolutely competitor to us. There's a couple in our space, not counting the macro banks, who have all started to come into it as well. You know, I think that. You know, be, when a, anytime you're, you're going against a competitor and they've raised significantly more dollars than you, which Step has you know, by a factor of 100 nearly, you know, we've, we'd be foolish not to, to look at them and say, What's, what do we think is working for them? One of the things I think they've done really well is focus on social media influencers, specifically on the kid side. And that, that kind of gave us the confidence that, hey, a kid first message does make sense and it does work because they're obviously seeing great scale. But it's, it's also, you know, just like you can say, hey, this looks like it works. You can also see, hey, you know, what doesn't work, right? I think, you know, P2P payments, kid to kid is tough. You know, that's sure. something that we're going after right away, primarily just because of the the dollar amounts involved on peer to peer payments. I think really making sure you're facilitating the parent to kid payment and then community to kid payment first is the most important. So we were able to kind of pick up on some of those wins and some of the things that we thought that we could do better and, and really push forward. Got it. And then are you guys only are you mobile first mobile only do you allow website login Mo- mobile first mobile only you know when we look at the phone we look at it as a you know as a brick of responsibility for a young person part of our messaging around when a family should onboard with us uh, you don't have to have a cell phone number. So you can work off on an iPad or, you know, your parents device till as well. But we really like to try to have that experience on the go, just like our kids are, right? You know, the reality is, is most young people don't have a wallet until they turn 16. So when you're talking about the wallet with a kid, the only time that you can guarantee your card's going to be in that wallet is is when it's on their phone. Um, so that's that's really why we do that approach. I think, you know, long term, you'll see us have a web enabled area that allows, you know, relatives. So maybe it's a grandparent um, that's, you know, not up with the app technology and isn't going to download, you know, the till app just to push dollars into their grandson or granddaughter's mobile wallet um or we, maybe we take those via a web service but i think for right now we're we're highly focused on the mobile device
1: i like the mobile first approach because i think it's almost more inclusive because now sort of regardless of socioeconomic status you're more likely to have a cell phone than let's say a computer or a bigger setup so i think that's that's a smart approach and then obviously there's a lot of different ways to generate revenue when you have an app whether it's you know advertisements or in-app purchases so what is the till model
2: Yeah, I I think that that's an area that that differentiates us from, you know, the competitors out there. Um, You know, it's, it's tough to make money in banking. Um, And I think one of the big problems and why this, this market specifically, the teen market has been underserved for so long, is because the macro guys look at a young person as, you know, not a valuable customer, you know, think like below a gig economy worker in terms of value. You know, I I think that that's just been the wrong way of, of looking at it, you know, Parents uh, are the seventh largest lender in the United States by volume. So That's there's, an interesting stat. There's a, there's a lot of dollars being pushed in the ecosystem. And I think that what we also haven't taken into account is is all the dollars that kids influence, right? So we talk about influencing the app download and and ultimately, you know, joining a till. But they're also doing things like helping pick the make, model and color of a vehicle, where a family goes on vacation and how they're traveling there, restaurant decisions. I mean, you know, what subscription service you're using? Is it Disney Plus, Netflix, Hulu, you know, you name it. They're all impacting that, right? So, you know, part of my job from a platform perspective is to figure out, okay, if a parent's spending, you know, $30,000 from birth to launch, launch being high school, you know, graduating high school or, or going to college or, or going out in the workforce, um, how do we make sure more of those dollars are, are flowing through the actual till platform? You know, so that's something that we've been gearing the product up to do. And because we're going after a larger dollar flow, when these kids are at home and being supported by the families, uh, our interchange rate fees are getting higher. So one channel for revenue for us is interchange. And then, you know, taking a page out of, out of my PayPal playbook, Um, you know, we have close relationships with merchant partners. You know, unlike our competitors, we do not charge a subscription fee. We wanted this to be a product that anyone could use, regardless of socioeconomic background. Um, and it turns out that kids are valuable and they're valuable for a number of reasons. You know, the two most basic ones are one limited brand preference based off of age. And then the second being they have a longer lifetime value than any other consumer in the marketplace based off of age as well, right? So they're your up next shopper. So if you're a Target or a Walmart and you want to claim loyalty, why not start off by giving that young person a discount? Um, What that does for us is it allows our customers' dollars to go further. um, And then on the back end, Till gets to take an affiliate rake fee uh, for them. And and that really substitutes our subscription fee. Longer term and, and really our third core revenue uh, strategy is, is associated to what we call our launch offers marketplace. You know, one of the reasons why the macro banks are interested in our space is because it turns out if you have a kid's uh, teen bank account or first bank account, you're likely to hold that customer on. The average You know, debit checking account relationship is roughly 19 years, 19 and a half years. Yeah, right?
0: it's like it's like a NFL, MLB fandom. You know, you start them young, fan for life.
2: You're in. And it and it follows the same model as, as our merchant side relationships too. I think where we differ from the macro banks and some of the other folks out there and even Adam over at Currents who who played in our space for a little while before
0: kind of- moving, Adam Hadi not me. Yeah,
2: yeah, exactly. <laughs> before, before moving up the ranks in, in terms of age, um, was that it was you know, this opportunity to really get you know, a cheaply acquired user. Um, we, we think that it's very difficult to service that broad a swath of customer, right? 8 to 18 is already massively different. Like an 18-year-old has zero in common with an 8-year-old. Um, so we've already got our work cut out for us there. Um, so instead of us trying to graduate up and continue to, to go on with this user and be their forever bank, we're really focused on being their first bank. Um, so as opposed to just saying, Hey, see you later at 18 or 21 or whatever the age of majority is for that family, we're going to introduce them to our launch offers marketplace. And that might be an adult debit checking product like current. Um, that might be Mm -hmm. their first credit card with a pedal card. Um, it might be, uh, their first loan with SoFi, whether that's college car or house. Um, and again, take a, an origination fee similar to a credit karma or nerd wallet, Pull forward five years of on-platform revenue with zero cost to serve, and everybody walks away happy.
0: Yeah, so that's super. That was going to be my next question. You got to it. Like, what happens when they're no longer teens? Uh, that's a that's a super uh, clever way to kind of keep your product what it is, uh, and and generate revenue and and provide value. So that's that's uh, I didn't see that coming. That's cool. All right, Madeline, we're gonna and And Taylor, you're here. You're, our guest is here as well. Um, we're 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 all gonna uh play a little bit of a game, uh if that's all right. And so Taylor, you're gonna this is called underrated, overrated. And we're gonna give you the choice. Uh so the game is just there's a topic, and then you have to give something related to that topic that's underrated, and that is overrated. So the two the two topics we have are one types of pizza or two summer activities. So Think about them. Think if you got an underrated or overrated for either of those. And it's just it's just for you. It's just for Taylor. Whatever Taylor thinks is like an overrated or underrated type of pizza or summer activity, pick one of those topics and we'll try to come up with stuff on the top of our head and we'll just we'll just go around.
2: Let's go pizza, because I've I've definitely got opinions here. Yeah. Okay, good, good.
0: Madeline and I are also, yeah, I think we're food oriented.
1: Yeah. We have huge opinions on pizza. So we're gonna lose some (laughs) followers on this one.
0: No, what are you kidding? We're gonna gain. Right, yeah, who, we who, who, to go who should first. go first? I guess our guest should go first. Taylor, what, what what is your overrated pizza or style of pizza? How it's your interpretation of this? Uh,
2: yeah, I've got. I'm gonna go two different routes on for under and, and overrated. So for okay. overrated, I'm gonna say pineapple on a pizza.
1: Mm. I'm from
2: the Midwest. Overrated. Super strange to me. Just don't get it.
0: Okay. Okay. So you so. The the Hawaiian is not for you. I it's inter- I, I like I don't mind a Hawaiian, but I could see how that could rub people the wrong way. it is,
2: sure. it is not for me. It is uh, it's always strange for me. Uh, you know, at a PayPal pizza party, for instance, at the office, how that was always on the order list. I just don't get it.
1: Really, <laughs> that's interesting because I'm someone who would order one, but I, I could never convince a crowd to do it. So <laughs> <laughs> I could see how that's not a party favorite. All right. So that's your overrated. What about your underrated?
2: Underrated. Oh, okay. oh. go ahead, Adam. Did did
0: no? Did you have another? Uh, did you have another overrated?
2: No, I I have an underrated.
0: Okay. All right. Let's wait. Let's wait, Madeline. What what is your overrated?
1: I'm gonna say overrated is I'm torn between two here, so I'm gonna say them both in one breath, <laughs> as if it's one pizza. Greek coal fire.
0: Greek, coal-fired. Like,
1: Greek's overrated, and coal-fired pizza is overrated.
0: Oof. I'm a big coal-fired fan, so it's a little...
1: explain this. Yeah. There's some pizza that claims it's coal-fired pizza. And it's like, it's not really. It's actually really good. And it's the coal-fired pizza where they make a big deal about putting it in that special oven, and you take it out, and there's, like, black spots all over the crust, and all you taste is that burnt crust. It just doesn't do for me. And it always costs like a gazillion dollars. And I don't (laughs) understand. I would way rather just get something way more casual for way less money. That's not all, you know, black and burned.
0: Okay. Okay. And Greek, you just, you, nothing, too nothing, thick, no love for the Greeks. weird, not crispy enough.
2: <laughs> too much dough. Too much dough. Okay. <laughs> okay.
1: Too much dough.
2: Yeah. The, the coal fire thing is interesting because I, I will agree with you that there, there's a lot of, of coal pizza repping as coal pizza that is actually not coal-fired pizza. Um, thank you. So I'm not also not willing to pay the, the uptick on that one.
1: Oh, Agreed. I,
0: so I, no, I don't want to pay it, but I love it. And... <laughs> You, the trick is, yeah, it's not good if it's too burnt. Like you gotta get, you gotta like have like some charring, right? There's gotta be like a little bit, but you can't have too
2: much. That's, that's right. true. You, know, you want a dirty pizza, right? Like, yeah,
1: right.
0: My, what I think is, is overrated. I would have to go probably, probably, uh, people are gonna hate me for this, probably deep dish, like a, like a, and a true, a true like Chicago deep dish and, and i say it's overrated but i like it you know what i mean it's it's really good it's it's delicious but the problem is it's so uh thick that i, I don't know i like i can't move afterwards and i can only eat so much of it yeah, you're like right. I, like a true you know a true deep dish it's it it's good but i think it's it gets too much too much praise so i think it's a little overrated
2: it's a, it's close to a lasagna with uh with bread get
1: it it is that's smart it is close to a lasagna i do love it though
0: i and, yeah and the dough's real t- it's it's delicious but then i feel i feel like uh
2: like a waste of life after like i can't move so wow
1: underrated. All right.
0: uh, yeah underrated what do you got
2: yeah un- underrated uh having a gallon of ranch next to your pizza <laughs> the the, the, oh. <laughs> the midwest move like it's uh <laughs> It's like that State Farm commercial. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm I'm sitting here, you know, in in Michigan, and I know, like for sure, for fifty cents or less, I'm going to get a side of ranch, regardless mm-hmm. of the pizza place I go to. New York, not a guaranteed thing. You know, sometimes you just have to have your own ranch supply at home, which is just what blows my mind. Um, absolutely blows my mind. So I think I think ranch is you know almost as important as the cheese on the pizza for me. Okay.
1: Wow, I think that's a bold claim, but I do love ranch, and I do keep it on deck when I order pizza for home.
0: I don't dip my pizza in anything. I don't. I just eat it. I don't know. What? I guess I should try that, Madeline. You have uh, what? Do you you have something that you like? Yeah. Or I forget. Yeah.
1: Um, my underrated is just chain pizza. Good old cheap chain pizza. I love Domino's. I love um, my favorite of all time, which I've said to. A million people is Papaginos. It's a New England chain. It's the okay. best pizza. It's Every time good. I buy fancy pizza, I think to myself, I wish I was eating Papaginos.
2: Love it. <laughs> pa- Papa G- Taylor, have you had
0: I don't think it's out there, but have you
2: had Papaginos? I haven't had Papaginos, but I'm going to. We're, you know, we're we're split headquartered between Boston and New York. So I'm, I'm gonna Oh, excellent. Yeah, we'll we'll get involved there. I I a hundred percent agree, Madeline. Like a good chain pizza. Like for me, nothing beats like a stuffed crust from pizza. (laughs) That was always, I was always like, mom really sprang for it this time. You know, we got the the
1: stuffed crust today. So fun.
2: All right. I'm just going to go.
0: I I don't know if this is, I don't know if this is really, I I haven't looked at my pizza polling lately, so I don't know how underrated this is, but I'm going to go bar pizza. And I'm specifically thinking about like, again, a local place near me. I think it could go head to head with like some of the more famous pizzas out there, like some New York style pizzas. It's just, it's, it's really, even though it's a bar pizza, it's delicious town spa for anyone listening who's local. But, but I agree, Madeline. Puppagino's is amazing. Domino's, by the way, we're, we're a mobile uh, podcast. They have an amazing uh, mobile app with fantastic rewards. <laughs> and so I've had quite a few free pizzas from them.
2: Adam, you're really you're working the podcast sponsorship. Go, (laughs) fantastic! Let's go. Thank you, thank you. (laughs) Sponsored. Domino's, Um,
1: Papagino's. We're only gonna have food sponsors. Yeah, (laughs) that's fine. Totally (laughs) fine.
0: fine. (laughs) We'll we'll have an offshoot podcast that just talks about food. Anyway, Taylor, thank you uh, for joining us. We we wish till financial uh, success. If I ever have any children, I'll I'll get them on it. But any, any closing uh, thoughts on either pizza or fintech or anything like that?
2: On pizza, need to eat more of it, but also need to work out a little bit more. Yeah. On, on fintech, you know, I think broadly, the macro banks need to know we're all coming for them. You know, it's it's not, uh, it's not, you're not the only show in town anymore. So we're, uh, it's on, it's on. We,
0: <laughs> we,
2: uh, I love it. And we,
0: we actually recently... Is shameless plug go to blog.uptopia.com look at some of our fintech posts but uh, we showed that the MAU growth of like the you know whatever you want to call them the digital first banks the challenger banks those are experiencing like a high level of growth over the past uh, year and traditional banks your Wells Fargo your Bank of America they are on a slightly negative decline so at least for the mobile app uh, it's it's happening.
2: Fantastic thanks for the time guys. Awesome.
1: There you no go bravo. thanks for being here. See ya. This is it.
2: What? Luchini pouring from the sky. Let's get rich. What? The GK Vons and Sugar Dons can't quit. What? Now pop the cork and the Vega and get lit. What? 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 Introducing Phantom of the dog Walk through my heaven with levitation from Reefers. Drench and d and 7 with Rougas. Flash Vons. Bella Digger. Let's get forward this work as we confiscate your figures. Yes,
1: I brown.